Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, the rain once again made a complete mess of the fixtures. But Rob and Paul have waited here to give their views from Kellen Road in the Magnus, while Damo and Craig will get a chance to tell us about their favourite football memory. And we have a new correspondent, as Newark Town ladies' captain Eden Tranter joins us to tell us what they've been up to every Monday night. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith. We stay dry on Saturday, just about. This is Radio Newark Sport, and these are the headlines that we've managed to find. And Newark Flow Serve are going headlong into a fixture pile-up after their top-of-the-table clash at Walsall Wood was called off on Saturday morning. The works will now be heading to North Birmingham one evening, pre-Christmas. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? A Newark Town's trip to Derbyshire was never going to happen, so it amazes me that the Central Midlands League didn't reverse the fixture by about Thursday. The match would have taken place if supporters would have had a match to see and everyone would have been happy. But no, let's take the easy option, sit back and that's another game to fit in at some stage. Collingham's match at Askin amazingly did pass its fitness test and the villagers will be pleased it did. A Tommy Johnson hat-trick, helping them claim all three points for only the second time this season. And giving away the lead last week, Newark Town ladies fell behind again after just 30 seconds at Grand Firm yesterday. As I've told you, Eden Trant is going to join us to tell us a story of an eventful match. And it was an eventful afternoon at Kellen Road on Saturday with one eye on the rugby and the other eye on the imminent arrival of the River Trent. For the record, Long Eaton won 38-29 before everyone made a very hasty exit. They even shut the bar at 4.30 to make sure everyone left. That's got to be a first in the history of rugby. <laughs> it's the same old story from the hockey club, though, defeats for the ladies while the men march on. The ladies ones having six goals put past them at, league, at the league leaders, while the twos lost their local derby at Southwall by seven goals to nil. But of course it's the men, six out of six now, that's keeping the bragging rights going at the Magnus. They beat Mansfield by seven goals to two. Bragging rights indeed. But we're going to start with the breaking news, or the news that's broken in the last couple of hours at Neil Warnock has left his post at Cardiff City. The 70-year-old was in the final year of his contract at the Championship side and has said he would not carry on after the end of the season. He was appointed in October 2016 and leaves Cardiff 14th in the table. I am leaving my beloved Bluebirds after three (laughs) years of which have been some of the best days of my long football career. I think football management has probably now seen the last of Neil Warnock I think so yeah because um, he must be past 70 now and um, there comes a time when it's uh, it's time for piping slippers for anybody I can't see him uh, still having the fire burning inside him to want to go back into another job well he's got his he's got his farm near Plymouth and he's mm. it, um, and I'm sure it's only going to be a matter of hours before he once again becomes a correspondent on TalkSport. Yeah, I mean, he's got a... I mean, he is cracking radio. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously got a career in media ahead of him, but, um, you know, you, you, you get to a certain age in life and, you know, you think, right, that that's it with the hard stuff and now I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go sit on my tractor for a while and, and watch the world go by. Or he could be a lollipop, man. Is he the last of... The old style, old fashioned, yeah. 
<laughs> bluster and <laughs> animated and whatever else. There is that fantastic thing on social media, isn't there, where they do a contrast between Pep Cardiola and his style of management and Neil Warnock, and it's very, very funny. Have you seen it on the... Uh... I have seen it, but I, I also have to say that um, Pep wasn't far behind what Warnock would have been doing yesterday, <laughs> to be honest, and that brings me to my next little subject before we go to the telephone lines. Um, the wonderful VAR. Um, oh, dearie me. Trent Alexander... Arnold stood there like um, a scarecrow. If one of us of a certain age can remember Wurzel Gummidge <laughs> standing in the middle of the field with both his arms stuck out, like, you know, a, a, sort of across. <sighs> he wasn't in his own silhouette or whatever they call it. Now, he, his, his hand was in an angle that is not natural, whatever they call it now. It was, quite simply, a nailed-on penalty. Yet somebody in an office in London, says it wasn't. And the referee was not allowed to go and double-check on a monitor. Every other country in the world, he would have gone to that monitor and said, I got that wrong, that's a penalty. Yeah, but the problem was that um, VAR is already being completely ridiculed for the fact it's ruining football at Premier Division level, Premier League level. And... Liverpool counter-attacked so swiftly that the ball was in the net at the other end before VAR had gone, hang on a minute. And if they'd have brought it back, ruled the Liverpool goal out and given a penalty, there would have been chaos. But they should have done. They should have done, but then again, they've trialled it once and it didn't work. Why have they brought it back? Everybody's saying it's rubbish. Get shut. I... I, I I know we talk about this week in, week out, but everybody else is as well. I don't think VAR is rubbish. I think it's the people that's running it. It's Mike Riley and his gang. Even the referees are getting sick of it. Tell you what does work. That watch, which decides whether it's gone over the line or not, is perfect. Because the referee taps his watch and points to the centre circle yeah. or says no goal. Perfect. Technology working. VAR has proved time and VAR time again. VAR works in other countries. It's not working in this it one. because here. No, because Mike Riley and his gang at Stockley Park want to be the heroes. Let the referee look at the monitor. Not Let being, him decide. They're not being heroes. They're ruining they're football. They're ruining it. They are completely ruining football. Man City didn't know whether to appeal for a penalty. Liverpool fans didn't know whether to cheer for a goal. It was farcical for the next two, two and a half minutes while they looked at it from 28 different angles and had a cup of tea and a read of the paper. I don't watch Match of the Day and Match of the Day 2 at the time it's on uh, because it's usually past my bedtime. But I do watch it and thoroughly enjoy watching it as part of uh, a package on iPlayer. But now... I much prefer watching non-league football where we don't have that interference and I find Match of the Day now tedious and there's pundits on Match of the Day are getting bored discussing VAR because as well. Everybody's, everybody's had enough of it. Yeah. Right, let's um, go to what we do on a Monday night and find out from the people where the action is, um, all about the action, although probably a couple of them tonight are going to have to delve into the memory bank rather than tell me what happened at the weekend. And we're going to go straight to the phone lines to Damo Parkinson. Damo, good evening. Good evening. Um, once again, a Saturday with no football. <laughs> it's getting repetitive. Either the Central Midlands don't give you a game. On the other occasion, when you do get a game on a Saturday afternoon, you can't play it because of the weather. I've had a rant already, Damo, at the start of the show. I mean, it was obvious from Thursday that game was not going to get played. Why the heck... On Thursday, couldn't they make a telephone call and says, look, we've taken a decision, we're reversing the fixture? Um, well, we, we'd asked for it to be reversed on Thursday, because we knew. Um, unfortunately, the rules allow the home team to make the call. Um, they didn't want to, but also, at the same time, they were absolutely adamant that the pitch was playable and the game would be on. And there was never any doubt. <laughs> mm. Which I work not too far from there. Um, and I couldn't even get there to have a look myself because the roads are flooded. <laughs> so, uh, although they were adamant, um, yeah, 
didn't happen. It was never, ever going to get played, was it? It just <laughs> no, wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. So, that gives me a chance to, um, on a Thursday night, on, on our sort of football show, we've been doing memories, um, I did mine at, at, at the last weekend, and I've, I wanted to bring of, others into it, so it gives me a chance tonight to say, Damo Parkinson, what is your greatest sporting memory? And it can, Damo, be anything. It can be playing, it can be watching, and it can be sitting in front of the armchair watching it on television. It's yeah. totally open, it's all yours. I've, to be honest, there was a couple, I've been thinking about it and struggled, but probably watching, um, which some people probably think is a bit sad, but the 99 uh, Champions League final, Man United Bayern Munich, um, I don't know why, because obviously there's lots of moments like that, but obviously I can remember sitting, I was in year seven, um, so only 11 year old, sitting thinking... What a boring game, but actually I was gripped to the edge of my seat at the same time and the game seemed absolutely dead and buried. Um, so when that first goal went in, I'd, I'd nearly turned off. Um, so I thought, well, you know, they're not going to win. They obviously scored the first. Um, and it was just when that second one, I can remember being a Man United follower. I wouldn't say support, but Man United follower. My heart was absolutely pounding as a young lad. Um watching the drama and I was just disbelief that they'd managed to score uh, two goals in the last couple of minutes to win it. Um, so that was quite a special one. But for me, the the big one, um, and actually it's a bit of an odd one because we lost, but obviously being so young at, at 25, managing um, at step five at Lincoln Moorlands was um, first qualifying round FA Cup. Um, you know, you dream, you dream all your life. Um, about FA Cup, you know, playing in that cup final, uh, managing the cup final, lifting the cup. So for me, it was so, so special to um, manage. It was only first qualifying round, uh, and we got absolutely rolled over. <laughs> I think we got beat 7-1. Um, but just imagine, you know, Sky Sports tweeting, good luck, Lincoln Moorlands, and, and the whole buzz around it. I've never been excited for a game like that um, in my life. Um, and even to get beat, I can remember we uh, had a coach, coach full of fans travelled with us. Um, we got back into a newt for a couple of drinks. I can just remember getting home thinking, disappointed with the result, but what a special day. And I wasn't sure whether I'd ever get another chance in the competition. Um, so that, for me, is probably, at such a young age as well, at, at 25, to manage in the FA Cup um, was incredible. That's probably my my main moment quite a special moment for me personally that's going to be an interesting one isn't it is damo parkinson the only newark manager ever to have managed a team in the fa cup there's a thought i'm kind yeah. i'm cast i'm counting collingham and everywhere is newark but the only newark area manager ever to have managed a team in the fa cup if anybody out there knows any different i'm absolutely sure they'll let me know but at the moment damo you're our top manager <laughs> something like that <laughs> <laughs> you can't take it away from you can you yeah. no 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 and for, for me like I said being being 25 it was very young and I learned yeah. an incredible amount at Morelands which has stood me in good stead for everything else I've done um, but it, it was just magical and probably even then you know because I was so young I didn't realise how special it was just another game in the early qualifying but then I, I, I did think you know some people will never get an opportunity to play in it um, I wish I'd have been a player. <laughs> to play in it, to be honest. But twenty-five, yeah, you should have got on there. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was well past it. I, <laughs> even at twenty-five, uh, I was yeah nowhere near. Oh, uh, and we got walloped as well, which is the interesting thing. Obviously, it's still magical. Yet we got really. It was Leicester Nirvana, dude. Okay, yeah. Even before yep. it's got, I think two hundred and fifty goals. <laughs> um, we went there. We we played seven one seven. So went there, thought, you know, we'll give them a game, and yeah, got walloped start to finish. Uh, but didn't take away from the the event and the occasion. Can't take away from the memory, mate. No. Arguably the only Newark manager to have managed in the <laughs> FA Cup. Unless you know something different. Damo, hopefully next week we might talk football. That'd be lovely. Or might talk Newark Town football. We'll see. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for the memory. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Damo Parkinson there with his memory. Next up, when my receptionist jumps into gear and does his bit, is going to be Eden Tranter, who's going to join us every week to tell us how the New York Town ladies um, have gotten on. Uh, tomorrow night, um, Dave and Marilyn are coming in. Who are Dave and Marilyn? Well, of course, that's Stock Car Dave, of course. Um, wonderful story. He goes home to Marilyn and says, we're going to Vegas for the World Championships. She gets all excited, and then he told her it was Skeg Vegas. And that's where they ended up, in the rain. But he's going to tell us that story tomorrow night. And on Wednesday night, Julie Gray's popping in to see us. Um, everything for A's. And um, also find out what she's been up to, because uh, she's a bit of a globetrotter now. Now she's one of the top officials in the old paddleability stake. So um, she's going to pop in on Wednesday night on one of those few occasions that she's actually here to do it. Um, right, back to the telephone lines. Um, this is somewhat of a novelty because it's the middle of winter, but we're going to get used to it. Eden Trant is going to join us in her role as the Newark Town Ladies Captain. Good evening, Eden. All right, Mick, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Now, um, a week ago, um, you went 2-0 in front and let it slip. Um, lost 3-2. This week it was a tricky trip, bit of a local derby, trip to Grantham. And uh, you went down, you went to gold down fairly early on. That's as much as I've told the listeners. The rest, I leave to you. Yeah, so like I say, a bit of a, bit of a local derby. Um, we played Grantham pre-season and beat them 3-0, so they had, a, they had a bit of a fight to want to get back at us. Um, as you say, we went down we went down 1-0 at like, first kick of the game, really. They scored straight to kick-off. Um, we just weren't switched on enough, really, and then... Was pretty even in the first half, to be honest with you, Mick. Like shots at both ends, and we ended up pulling it back to one all. Went into went in our half time at one all, um, and then again straight from kick off, first thirty seconds of the second half, we went two one down. Um, yeah, and then obviously managed to pull together. We were by far the superior side in the second half, um, creating chance after chance, and managed to give ourselves a bit of breathing space um, with Jess just like bagging goals left, right, and centre. Um, yeah, she scored a like twenty-five yard wonder strike into the top, top corner. But defensively, we were absolutely solid. I mean, to, for Georgia, our left back to get player of the match over a girl that scores four goals just shows how well she played. So yeah, I was really, really proud of him. But I can't, I can't take all the credit as captain. I've only stepped in for a couple of weeks while the usual captain's been away. So she was back yesterday and led us to, led us to a, a nice win. So I've got to introduce you as the vice captain, then, have I? Yeah, I don't want well, to... Well, i do that in the summer, so I might as well do it in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always the bridesmaid, never the bridesmaid. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> is, that, is that a hint that you want to be a bride one day? <laughs> oh, God, don't start him on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a good fun to go to Grantham and come back with a victory. Um, overall, I think you're just above the mid-table mark in what looks to me like a fairly strong and competitive league. So you, I, I would suggest that you're probably all quite pleased. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To be sat where we are at the minute is uh, is quite an achievement. We've played probably sort of the top half of the side already this year, so we've theoretically got an easier run into Christmas, but you never know. Um, but a lot of the teams behind us have got quite a few games in hand, so that's the only thing that we've got going against us at the minute. But we're going from strength to strength at the end of the day. We're building as a team and working together, and uh, everybody's playing for each other. It's not It's not about individuals. Um, we all want to win and we all want to do well for each other, really. Where do you think the standard... I mean, to me, I've, what I've seen of it, the standard is, is, improve, is improving. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've only been in... probably women, in, in back in women's football for two and a half years now and even from when when I started to now, it's it's increased massively. We've had new teams in the league this year that have come in and are competing straight away um, it's a, probably a bit more evenly competitive this year with obviously we lost Arnold Maroon they went up, um, Notts County went up um, but yeah to, we're playing in the same league as the Forest Development side so the standard's pretty decent and it, it, it can only um, it can only help you along the way can't it? Eden thank yeah. you so much um, you're going to join yeah, us every, every Monday night round about this time um, to tell us how they got on. Where are they at the weekend? Where are you at the weekend? Uh, 
Uh, home to Keyworth at the weekend, uh, 10.30 kick-off on Sunday morning at Demon Park. Sunday morning? That's unusual, isn't it? No, we, we try and play our Sunday, uh, um, home fixtures in the morning. Right. Um, we get the odd one odd one that's in the afternoon when we start to sort of play away, but most of them tend to be in the morning now, so that's nicer. Well, you're certainly doing better than the men's team are on a Sunday, so um, you must have the bragging <laughs> rights on there. <laughs> well... Don't want to speak too soon, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Eden, we'll talk to you again very soon. All right, see you later. Thanks, bye bye. Eden Tranter, who's going to bring a, a bit of a glamour into the Monday night proceedings. So, so what score was it? The one four two. Four two. Yeah, the one four two. So the doctor scored four goals. Yep. Doc Doc Spice scored four goals. Can't, can't, um, can't beat a Peniston last. <laughs> Uh, FA Cup draw tonight as well. I'm, I'm just keeping looking at some of the um, what look like half decent games, if you like. You see, Molden and Tiptree beat Lincoln, uh, um, beat Leighton Orient. Didn't yeah. didn't did, 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 did they? Before their sins, and it, it would just change as I'm saying it. They're now at home to Grimsby or Newport, so they've got an home home tie. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if Salford beat Birmingham, they're away to Oldham. I think that's probably Oldham v Salford is a local. Oh, yeah. Looks fairly local to me. That'd be good one for past goals, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah he'll, be, yeah, he'll be welcome back, yeah. <laughs> Stephen is your Peter will play Dover. Wrexham or Rochdale will play Boston United. Oh, That's the oh, fifth, fifth away tie on the bounds for Boston United. So they beat Carsholton, did they? Yes, 4-1. Four, four, I mean, that's cruel, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's the draw, but it's also, uh, it's also cruel. If only somebody had phoned us. <laughs> exactly, we could have got it changed for them. Kingstone, <laughs> Kingstonian will, will play AFC Fylde, which puts a non-league team in um, round three, doesn't it? Mm. Coventry will play Ipswich or Lincoln. Ooh. So if Lincoln can beat Ipswich in the replay, then they go to Coventry. It's not, they're not having it easy. Shrewsbury or Bradford against Mansfield. Oh, <laughs> that's a um, And one that's just popped up before we go into the break is Northampton against Notts County. This team that uh, beat Leighton Orient, where are they from? Molden and Tiptree. <laughs> yeah, where's that? Essex. Essex. Yeah, geography was never your strongest no, point, was no. it? I did well to find we here. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Right, um, <laughs> let's see if we can find Mr Roach, shall we? Which means I've got to press something. I <laughs> yeah, forgot what it is. That, that green that one, one there. there. This green, green one here. We'll press that. Okay, um, back to the phone lines and let's go down to Lowfields and catch it with FlowServe's joint manager, Mr Craig Roach. Craig, good evening. Good evening, Mick. Um, well, two things, really. I don't know if you saw the message er- 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 um, earlier on. If, if you didn't, you're in for a bit of a shock in a minute. Um, nope. But um, <laughs> secondly, um, there's a little bit of a fixture pile-up just beginning to uh, rear its ugly head, isn't there? There is, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, like I say, the uh, weather's been a bit extreme in a minute and the pitches are falling foul. Um, so it's just one of the things you just have to get over. But, yeah, we've got a busy period coming up. And it looks like a trip to Walsall, probably in December, on a Tuesday night, which is about the last thing that you wanted. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. There is a Saturday free in between Christmas and New Year, so we're hoping we might be able to pull it in there. But, um leave that up to the powers that be in the league and Kevin to sort out the Oh, uh, he was chuntering well on Saturday morning, but <laughs> <laughs> um, there's nothing we can do about it. But it's piling up for flow service. I mean, it's pi- I, I, I would talk a look at South Normandon tonight. Um, they've still not played their Vars match. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously the backlog uh, builds up and there's a lot of teams in the same, in the same situation. So um, it's not like we're on our own there, so... Have you got any new signings or loanee signings or anything to tell us about? There might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got, um, got one through the door this week for, uh, for a month. Zach Goodson from um, Baseford. So we've got Zach for initially for a one-month loan period. Um, we'll see how that goes and then we take a review at the end and we'll look to whether we extend it or, uh, or not. Basically, might want him back if he's uh, scoring goals every week, so we'll... Uh, yeah, Jack's uh, a good lad. Obviously, he's proven before at Long Eaton and got himself a two-year contract at Baseford. Um, difficult place to break down into a uh, 
starting shirt there at the moment for for a young from a young lad who who needs to go out and prove himself. So hopefully he can come and do that with us. Well, let's hope he has more more luck than the Portuguese lad he got from Grantham Town, who will seem to go through his month. And I don't think we're going to see him, are we? No, no, it's um, no for fixtures. Just, just just fell awful. Same for Zach on uh, Saturday. Yeah. The lad must wonder where he's going to get his game from. Uh, we're, but yeah, they'll, they'll come thick and fast, but hopefully we'll get back to action on Saturday. Hopefully, hopefully. Right, your message this morning was there's no football, Craig, so what I'm going to ask you is um, your greatest football in memory, either playing it or watching it or sitting in the armchair watching it. Um, right. So you've had no time to think about it, so no, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Good luck, Roger. <Roger's>. <laughs> playing or watching? Well, um, well, there's a few playing, there's a few watching. Um, Give us a couple of playing ones then. Um, probably the year um, we won the quadruple with RP, that was pretty special. Um, we all enjoyed that. Um, I don't think it's been done for a long time, and uh, I don't know how long it'll take for somebody to do that again. But, uh, and then um, probably Sundays again. I mean, I was a young lad when I was, uh, I think I was 17 years old. When I, I was 16 when I signed for Newin. When I first started playing senior football, and I had a few of your friends who, who fathered me through um, from kids' football. And uh, this particular year, we were going to a cup final. And uh, it was against Free Gables, actually, a real cup final. And uh, we went down to nine, we was 4 0 down, went down to nine men. Ivo, I can't remember the other one, I got sent off. Two sent off, and then uh, we managed to get into extra time and went on and won the game, and I scored an hat trick in that one. And we're. That, that always sticks out in my memory. Is a bit well, of a so it should. <laughs> um, yeah, when I probably slightly footballers one year when I went to when trying to when I went to Lincoln Morlands and we uh, we got to the second round of the FA Vars played away at Chertsey. Um, we lost, but it was a great experience. And um, I say we're sort of going through that now again on a Saturday. And so now how important it is for for the players and everybody to to try and keep that run going as far as we can. Excellent. That's in. That's still locked away, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it might be the next game you play, but it's... it could be. Yes, right, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps raining, doesn't it? So. It's locked away, and um, I know there's a match on at Flow Serve on Thursday night, isn't it? The under twenty threes, but yeah, yeah, y- you know, across. looking at the weather forecast, you just can't. You can't. You're probably not going to be able to risk it, and then to get Saturdays in, you've got to get Saturdays well, in. Well, yeah, this is it. So you know, they've had to call the last couple off, unfortunately. Um, well, like I say, it's the same for everybody. Um, not with it being so close to Saturday, if there's any, if there's any risk of cutting it up, etc. With it being wet, then obviously you'll have to have to make a call on the 23s again. But yeah, you know, we'll leave that down to to the groundsman and everyone else down there to make the decision. If it was up to me, I know what I'd do. <laughs> I think I would, <laughs> and I think I would agree with you, Craig. Craig, um, we'll catch up with you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Bye bye. It's it, this weather, Tony. Is just it's incessant. It's just doesn't look like it's going to give up this week either, does it? Now um, the arguments and grass and plastic. All those l- old dinosaurs that love the grass, we're losing that argument very quickly. Yeah, but you know. I would rather put up with a bit of rain causing cancellations than play on plastic. I would, but it's it's. We're hoping it's going to stop soon. Well, I, I can remember one summer at the advertiser, and it rained for seven weeks solid, and there was nothing to write about from the cricket front, <clears throat> and uh, that was a pretty trying time because every time he pulled the curtains back, it was chucking it down. Yeah, it's just. I'm afraid it's the uh, English weather we've this got to put the, up with. This is the major drawback about all this, and I have to talk to Tony. Right, <laughs> um, let's see if we can get hold of Rob, because there was a rugby match played. I'm amazed as a rugby match actually finished, um, but it, it certainly was started, and Tony is now going to try and um, find uh, Mr Rugby himself, so he can tell us all about what happened on, on Saturday. Uh, it's just... He had to be seen to believe at Kellam Road on Saturday, the way the Trent was making its way towards us at a great rate of knots. Um, don't forget, uh, it's the first week in December. Mark that in your diaries. It's Sports Awards Week. 
the great and the good sat today and um chose the winners um i will find them out myself probably about three days before the event um but the show's fantastic um seeing these people local people win wonderful prizes the first week in december for that one but now mr rugby himself who's joined who's joined the rnli i think um <laughs> mr rob wildman rob uh, have you ever seen scenes like saturday afternoon evening folks um uh good question um no i think that's <laughs> on uh, but um all the fun of the fair uh, the game was finished um I think we always hey let's not make a fuss about it we we, we, we know we, the ground's on a flood plane um, the flood warnings went at what, 8.30 we got them uh, we were thoroughly aware of what was happening um, we're always told to pack up and leave when the police arrive they arrived about um, 3.30 when they were closing the road uh, and they were quite happy we were playing um, by that stage, one third of the pitch wasn't really playable. I, I agree, it had become a bit of a, um, well, a pad, more than a paddling pool. We got the game finished. I think if it had been a three o'clock kickoff, it wouldn't have started, but we kicked off at 2.15. The pitch was, was in pretty good order um, to start. Uh, a bit of a pudding of a pitch, we expected that, but perfectly playable. Um, and obviously... The, the, the tide was coming in, yes. <laughs> it literally was the tide coming in. And, but, and the, hey, the game, you know, everyone got out safe. Uh, there was no panic. Uh, we called last orders about, I think, 4.30, and I think most people, uh, the last... Uh, um, we, were trying to, we were trying to search for a captain, you know, like the Titanic, who, who was going to be the last man uh, <laughs> at the bridge, but I, I, I can say that the, the president was not... The last man, he was about the tenth man. Uh, I think Mr. S Richard Stanifer, the finance guru. I think he was the last man out. We played Dave the barman and Debs and, the, and one or two other people. So <laughs> thank oh. you, thank you to them, thank you to all the staff oh, who made, made the afternoon. Um, it was a quirky afternoon. Um, Talk about the game in a sec, Rob. Um, just to finish off on 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 the other one. Um, the pre-match lunch was absolutely wonderful. I really did enjoy well, that. Well, it was a chicken dish and it was a bubble yeah. and squeak and uh, I think someone won, the, won, a, won a raffle prize. Yes, someone won a raffle prize. Bottle of um, Prosecco, yes. Yeah, well, I saw, I saw you carrying that out. Yes. Um, no, I, I, I wasn't going to let that no, go off no, with no, the water. No. Um, um, I thought Richard... Again, the game... Um, I'm a bit worried, actually, because... Um, were there any players in the lunch? Well, I think there's probably still there 20 minutes into the game, well, if exactly. there was. I think that, you know, they played as though they had a good lunch. Um, and we were 21 nil down, um, well, after a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes. Um, my notes are also, I've lost my notes because they were so wet. <laughs> but, um, you know, we were, we were 21 nil down. Um, fair play to the lads they, they fought their way back Matt Cox had a, an outstanding individual performance he, he scored two tries he made the first for for Buddha uh, in the centre that got us back into the match again poor defence gave Longeaton another try um, then Matt, Matt uh, struck back half time we were down but not quite out um and I've lost my sequence of scoring now. It's been such a wet night. Um, so we fall back in the second half. Um, and we got back within a score, didn't we? Um, when Toby Taylor uh, scored our fourth try, which we got as a try bonus point. And I think I think you had left by then, Michael. I'd, I was I was told the radio Newark four by four had long since gone down the the, the Manfield it, it, It's not a four before, and I was under strict instruction. So we got the hierarchy of radio Newark coming their own car just before half time to remind me that uh, not to stay too long. <laughs> right. Well. <laughs> anyway, it was all happening. But anyway, <laughs> we. Uh, um, we got a bonus point out. It wasn't a great performance. Um, it was what? It was our f 
fourth defeat in six weeks. We've had one win over Melton in the Cup. We had the, the game postponed at Lincoln to, um, three weeks ago. Um, we missed a Saturday for the World Cup final, so we've we got to get back in back playing now, and we've got to somehow stoke the engine, I think. Yes. And we need to start quicker. We need to get some uh, old-fashioned vim and vigour going. Uh, and, we, and, and we can play good rugby and we, we came back in, in the second half we, and we our best period of the, of the second half was, was late on when, when obviously the water had kicked in um, but the Long Eaton uh, played well they, they deserved their win they, they took their tries well and we were um, uh, I think we, we would have been delighted if we got two bonus points if, if we got within seven of them to get another bonus point Newark played their best rugby when they was paddling towards the scoreboard end there's your headlines well it could be I wouldn't disagree <laughs> there but uh, um, yeah, the, the pitch wasn't it was, you know, people had the choice to leave. Uh, if we'd called the game off Saturday morning, we would have been criticising. You know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm no longer really make make the decisions at the club. It was down to Richard and one or two other people. I, I it's sneaked, very um, difficult to call such a situation. I sneaked past the road clothes signs at about half past eight on Sunday morning. Went to have a, a look at it, and actually the, the car park and large chunks of the first team pitch was was above water. It does drain very well, yeah. and they've reopened the road today fully. Um, so our staff be down, you know, down tomorrow morning have a look and see where we're at. I can't see us playing any games there next weekend, but I would hope a week Saturday. Uh, although the, you know the forecast is lousy for the rest of the week, I, I would hope we, we, we'd be we'd be able to stage the first team game against Market Racing week on Saturday, and obviously we'd be looking to take games uh, this week uh, next weekend coming. We were very lucky at the weekend to have uh, you know Magnus School available and, and Highfields for the minis. So thank you for you know, thank you to the Magnus and Highfields for for hosting us. Yes, they, they that did come well, didn't it? I mean, highlights of the afternoon. Then one Richard Staniforth standing um, on the on the the pavement, complaining that his trousers was getting wet. The fact right. that he was standing in six inches of water. Yep. Two, the whole of the ground erupting when David Duddles arrived because they assumed he he'd arrived to turn the tide back. Well, Which, you know, <laughs> if, if anybody can, it's going to be Duds, isn't it? Well, he can do most things, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and on a serious note, then, should he have continued? Should the referee, because he's only a young lad, um, was he... When do you want this game postponing, Mike? When do you want it abandoning? Was he right? Was he right to play it out, even though you was running through standing water? Well, it was, I wouldn't say they were running through standing water. There was, there was a, certainly the two corners of the ground were, were a, um, a paddling pools at the end. But the, the most of the other pitch was playable. It was, it was the last ten minutes. Um, the pitch, pitch was, um, you could say, was um, not fit to play. But we'd started the game and I think the attitude of the two teams was, let's get it. It, it, it was absolutely brilliant because he, he stopped the game and called the two... Um, captains over and said you know look lads do you want to continue and both of them said yeah let's let's get this game you know played out let's let's finish it and don't do anything sort of stupid let let's get the game over over with somebody shouted to to will britain to keep out of the water only he's bound to get a cold and they want another couple of weeks off and um so what's the first thing matt cox does kick the ball straight into the wettest area of the pitch brilliant um right and I, I, people have their own you've you got your opinion I, got my, I thought the game was playable we played it and we get on with it good old uh, fa- good old fashioned rugby so um, you know we can call every game off at half past eight in the morning we would never get out of our house exactly um, the young um, the youngest of the grandchildren got home from Sandbach on um, Sunday and we got a phone call from his mother what am I supposed to do with this rugby kit it's absolutely covered from head to top in mud, as is my child. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, that's what it's all about, yeah. You would much rather play in mud than you would on a rock-hard pitch. Absolutely, it's a game. It's a game, so... Um, uh, we all got home safe and we've all got a story to tell. Yes, um, yeah, I, I think next time... Can you just drive a bit slower down the Mansfield Road when you, when, when you leave the ground, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean not to create the bow uh, wave? Talk, talking, about, talking about oldies, I've got to mention this. We were talking the other week about the return of Mickey Barker 
uh, prop, and I was saying he was into his late 40s. Well, uh, Mickey came over the other day to have a word with me, and uh, he's in his early, early, early 50s. But continuing the theme of the oldies, Matt Cove came on as a sub on Saturday and helped us in the um, sort of the, the, the last 20 minutes and, and got us going forward. And over at the Magnus, where the second team beat Modern Seconds 58 7, uh, there was hat tricks for Matt Walton and John O'Marshall, who's back fit. But the big talking point was that towards the end of the match, uh, Mr. Stuart Birch and Mr. Richard Byram sneaked onto the pitch. <laughs> so they each had five, ten minutes. And I know Richard is, I'm 57, I know, I know Richard must be pushing 59. And Stu Birch, the fitness guru from Farndon, or oh, he used to have the. I think he still does at Jim in Farndon. Um, I don't know how old Stu is. I don't know. I'm must be over. Must be early fifties. Must be mid fifties. So there you go. Two two spring uh, chickens uh, having ten minutes at uh, the Magnus. And I uh, the Magnus pitches. Congratulations to them. They were in excellent order. Among my duties on Saturday lunchtime was to pick up the ref for the second team and, and whiz him over to the Magnus. He was a student from Nottingham, and uh, the pitches there at the Magnus were, were in were in fine fettle. And then on Sunday, some of the youth teams played at the Magnus as well. Uh, the under 14s, my word, they, they don't like big scores. They beat Stanford 5 0 and they beat Matlock 7 0. I think one of those games was away. I think it was at Stanford, the, the away game. The under 15s went over to Scunny, Sunny Scunny, and lost 36 12. And the under 16s beat Melbourne, not Melbourne of Australia, but Melbourne Derbyshire, 32 <laughs> 0 at the Magnus. And among the crowd, I'm told, was one W.H. Hare going back to his. Um, original where his career started and evidently by all accounts the uh, the tiger scout was was mighty impressive our under 16s so that's it it was nice at the weekend to see rugby back at the magnus and want it i mean yeah. that was that was the Absolutely, highlight really yeah and it's a great pitch we forget how good a pitch it is there and and the, and the um, you know the, the general uh, it is a sports ground, isn't it? So let's use it. Yeah, exactly. Let's. Uh... I was going to make a political statement then, but I won't. Oh, um, I just spoke. We spoke to Loughborough tonight. Our first are away at Loughborough next Saturday, and they're confident. Famous last words of staging the uh, the league game. It's a two fifteen kickoff. Well, let's just hope there is some rugby going to be played. Rob, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, and I will now um, climb out of my rowing boat. <laughs> Brilliant. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Uh, you know, if, if you're sitting in Cornwall watching the tide come in, it's, you know, it's great fun. If you're sitting at Callum Road watching the tide come in, you're thinking, what the heck is going off here? Yeah. But, I mean, it's... <clears throat> And, and, and I know Rob is old school and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a bit of a mudlark. But, um, you know, with rugby, if it's a clap scrum, someone could drown. Well, that was my... That, that was... <laughs> I mean, that was what I, I thought, but hey, hey ho, I'm, I'm, I only watch the game. I don't. I don't really. Um, let's go back to the FA Cup. Do you remember Chichester, this team from the eighth tier that, yeah, got the that somehow managed um, to get a bye? Um, the fact that probably their ball weighed twice as much as any other, or it was square, and I, 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 nothing like that would ever happen at the FA. Well, uh, no. Yeah. Um, they are the first club since Swansea in 1992 to make round two without playing in round one. So I'll get pitched by day to find out what happened to Swansea. Um, yeah, they are the first club since Mosley 70 years ago to go from the extra preliminary round into round two. And they could be only the third club ever to go from the extra preliminary round into round three. And they got all excited and they've been drawn away to either Tranmere or Wickham. <laughs> I think they didn't have a heavy one this time, did they? No, but um, you know, it's, it'd be a nice trip to uh, Tranmere. I'm sure. I'm sure they're just loving every second of the prospect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the phone lines, and each time we change to hockey and talk to um, obviously Mr. Paul Halfpenny. Um, now I, I'd got everything sort of worked out, and it basically said same old same old and the men with a fantastic victory at mansfield but both the ladies teams going down to make it a fairly depressing weekend actually for the ladies it was a fairly depressing saturday but as they say about sport it's a funny old game isn't it mr halfpenny um you take too much for granted mr bradley 
yeah, I mean, the scoreline says 6-0, but, you know, th- those those girls that we played at Loughborough Students away from home, they, they, were, they were phenomenal. Um, I had uh, information before the game started that half of the team that we played against, bearing in mind it was their third team, play in their books' first team. So in their weeknight um, league that they play against all the universities, um, half the team were in their first team. So the girls battled, conceded three go- three goals each half, but they battled supremely well and for the, for the last 15 minutes actually took the game to the opposition. So although it was a 6-0 scoreline, um, I was delighted with the performance. And so were they, very, very upbeat, um, and came away from Loughborough, heading to Mansfield with a, a bit of a smile on my face. Disappointing to lose, disappointing scoreline, but lots of positives to take to the, take out of the game. But Sunday, we took on Peterborough, and I thought, well, we're struggling a little bit for dynamism in the team at the moment. Um, average age, I think, is about <laughs> for, for each each week is about two hundred and something. So. Um, we decide, I decided to blood a few youngsters and we got Evie Thompson um, and we got Polly Richards in the team. Uh, Polly Richards was one of my under-12s not so long ago um, and they were outstanding against Peterborough. We went 2-0 up in the first half. Um, unfortunately, we, we didn't know how to play a half-court press and we sadly conceded two goals in the second half but we stood firm and won on penalties. So through to the next round. Penalty shootout, now you can't beat them, can you? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, our goalkeeper, Georgina, was on fire. Absolutely brilliant. Took one full-length full dive to the right-hand post, took it, tipped it round the post with a stick. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And, that, of course, uh, you know, and a victory under the belts brings an even bigger smile to the faces. Well, not just a victory under the belts, but a victory under the belts with me playing some debutants two really young girls um, who really played very well and my thoughts were not of the scoreline my intention wasn't to go all out to get through to the next round my, my intentions are to blood these youngsters and get these really talented youngsters ready to, to hit the ground running next season um, so to actually blood them give them a lot of pitch time they were very rarely on the bench um, and we had 15 players, would you believe, on Sunday as well. So I was kept busy making regular substitutions. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't protect them at all. In fact, I threw Polly Richards at the tender age, I think she's still 13 actually, into the centre of midfield. Um, so I, I was absolutely delighted with the outcome. Absolutely delighted. It, it was really good. And, and to see the girls at the end of the game with a big smile on their faces and really happy was, was a sight to behold. And that gives you some selection headaches for the weekend, does it? Not really, no. No, our intention is to rebuild the second team, so we've got a feeder. So um, we'll stick with the uh, more regular players. There was one or two that weren't available on Sunday, so um, we'll stick, hopefully, to the um, regular first team, and hopefully hopefully we can pull something out of the bag against one of the, the fellow strugglers, if you like, in the league. Uh, but I don't know if you noticed, we've been deducted points. Well, that was, that was the next one on my little list. I mean, the, the next two, um, two on my little list is, is um, Saturday's game is one of the games that you will, you will have earmarked for, for a, a victory. And um, two victories do not make three points. It's, it's all over um, an umpiring appointment. Um, we did uh, Northampton Saints a favour. They couldn't get an umpire. So, as you do, you know, we want to play hockey. We provided an umpire. He couldn't find his registration. We couldn't put a registration in. We've chased and chased. And, and sadly, because uh, he's not registered as a level one, we've been deducted points. And I noticed tonight, as I'm looking through, so have Northampton Saints. But but they're on minus three points now. It's unfair on, on the ladies, Paul, isn't it? Because they've done absolutely nothing wrong. They've gone out there, they've played a game of hockey, they've made every effort they can, both sides out, and because of a an administration error, and it's not really even that, is it? The, the ladies, I mean, surely both clubs can be fined 20 quid or whatever. You don't knock points from people that's had no no say in whatever went... To me, that is wrong. 
Oh, you, you you don't know the half of this Midland League committee. It's it's not twenty quid. It's three points deducted. And it's sixty pound fine. And if we do it again, it's six points deducted, and a hundred and twenty pound fine. It's 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 outrageous. It, it is. is. But that... I can't I can't say too much. Obviously. No, no, you you, you can't, Paul. But uh, it's you can. Say I, what you I want. can. <laughs> Once I put the phone down, I will do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mister Halfpenny, sir. I can have two minutes now for my say. Okay. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, bye. And I'm going to have my say on that because I think that stinks, Tony. Absolutely stinks. They've tried to get. Let's just put it into football parlance for everybody. They've tried to get a referee because the opposition couldn't find one. They've got one. Okay. It turns out that he wasn't up to the level required on his paperwork. Where the heck do you put the blame? onto the ladies' hockey players for that. If you're going to apportion blame, apportion it to the club, who only tried to be helpful. You cannot blame the lady hockey. It's, it's wrong. Yeah, it's... It's, it's like, outrageous. In last week's non-league paper, there was, there was a comment piece about um, clubs that have been kicked out of the FA Vars, basically because of, you know, volunteers making administra- administrative errors, but... It was this bit you raised the subject of last week about the fact the guy had played in Wales and had not got international. Exactly, teams. I can understand. No, yeah, I can understand that one if he'd played in Australia or yeah, Bermuda yeah. or, yeah. you know. But, it's, it's but Wales, people in blazers ruin sports. Yeah, and people in and people in blazers that run the Midland Hockey League are spoiling it for the ladies that turn out week in, week out to make every effort to play hockey. If they'd have done something wrong on the morning and, you know, the game had to be abandoned because there was an all-out fight or whatever, I can understand it. Yeah. But it was nothing to do with the players and the players are the ones that's been penalised. Yeah. It's the easy option again. Shame on you, Midland Hockey League officials. You've got that one wrong. You have VAR next. Um, <laughs> apparently... Um, Harrogate's big match against Portsmouth may not even start. There's been a power outage at Harrogate. Um, the National League side have just tweeted, we'll have a further update around Quart 2, which just gone Quart 2 now, uh, regarding tonight's fixture with Portsmouth. We thank all the fans for their patience and apologise for inconvenience. At uh, the very least, it looks like um, it will be delayed. Well, it's certainly delayed. The problem is, there's no power, so the floodlights can't go on. And the turnstiles won't work, so they can't let anybody in. Um, and the update, the breaking news, is somebody's put a shilling in the meter, and it's now kicking off at 20.40, or for you, Tony, 20 to 9. Um, but it's on telly as well, isn't it? But can you imagine being a Portsmouth fan going to that one, and your last train home is half ten? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. On a school night? It's, I, I tell you, I like nothing better than a decent rant. And I think we've had a couple of opportunities now to, to, to have had a decent rant. Um, those hockey people have got me wound up. They have. Well, they, they really have got me on one now. Well, you've hidden it very well. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think I, I'm just completely disgusted with it. Absolutely. Anyway, as I, as I said um, tomorrow night... Um, Stock car Dave's coming in studios, bringing Marilyn with us, and uh, I've got no doubt they're going to bring some rather massive trophies, which uh, um, they do. And it, it, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. As I said to you earlier on, when he goes home and says we've qualified for the World Championships finals, Marilyn, she says, "Great, where we're we going?" He says, "Vegas." And ten minutes later, he told her it was Skeg Vegas. Mm. We'll see if they're talking again by tomorrow night, <laughs> shall we? They're going to come in and see us uh, coming up next on here. Of course, it's it's um, A.D. Crampton with a rather special interview. Stay tuned on FM to listen to that one. I think it's no less than Frida Payne. Fantastic. And Andy Channing is on DAB. What a choice. Good night. We-